0: Welcome to The Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball, on radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with a new ESPN Chicago app, The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company, on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
1: Gentlemen,
2: what's up, and welcome in to the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. I'm Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you 312-332-ESPN 332-3776 is the telephone number. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN MLB show. It's at ESPN MLB show if you're a Cubs fan, Sox fan, fan of Major League Baseball. This show is for you. Every night after and Sylvie, we have you, the Cubs fan, the Sox fan, to react. No one else is going to take your phone calls. Whereas No one's going to stop you from saying what you need to say about your favorite team all season long. We are right here. The season's Right around the corner for both the Cubs and Sox. And I want to talk to you and ask you up front what the question is. Here, here's the question. The question I have for you is this. And it's going to be our poll question as well at ESPN MLB Show. What is the one thing that you are looking forward to the most with your favorite team? Uh, Cubs, Sox, whoever you root for for Major League Baseball. What's the one thing you're looking forward to seeing the most in these 60 games that we're going to have, have here because it is a sprint for sure uh, for this major league baseball season. The season officially gets underway tomorrow, but for the Cubs and Sox, it's on Friday. So I want to find out all throughout the show for the baseball show here tonight. The one thing you're looking forward to seeing with the Cubs and, or the white Sox for 2020, 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. As you well know, the storylines are very interesting for both sides of town. Let me start with the Cubs because David Ross is the new manager for this Cubs team, as you well know. And the question that still is on my mind, what is it that David Ross can do that Joe Madden could not do? I still believe that Joe Madden should be the manager for the Cubs. I know that there are some that give a side eye to Joe Madden and wonder, okay, had he lost a step after winning the 2016 World Series Championship... There was still some success with this ball club. Hell, there was success last year with the Cubs, but they underachieved, and they have underachieved the last couple of seasons. And I understand that everyone is not destined for the World Series championship, but under Theo Epstein and because of the commitment to winning, there has to be the feeling from you, the Cub fan, like, where's mine? I got a championship, but we should always be in the mix if you're saying this, if you're a Cubs fan, and I can understand that. So a change was made with David Ross. And Ross comes in here with no experience as a manager, but yet a people's person, someone who knows this locker room. So the hire was sound in that if you're going to make a change, find someone who knows Rizzo Bryant, Baez, Hayward, uh, Contreras, players that Ross was playing with during the 2016 season. And so that is why Ross is in place. So. But the big question, Mark, for me is what can he do that Madden could not? Madden was a stabilizer. Madden, very similar to Phil Jackson during those Bulls championship years, was someone who, yeah, he was the manager and the head coach. Uh, that's what Phil was uh, for the Bulls. Someone that could bring the team together. Someone that was a player's coach. That's what Phil was, a player's manager here for Joe Madden. I see the approach as being very similar in that regard because uh, – Joe Madden had three meetings a year. At times, I thought that the Cubs needed more the last couple of seasons, but it was always at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, and toward the end. He didn't have more than three, maybe not even four meetings a year with the Cubs. You don't have to meet all the time to be able to bring a group of guys together, especially veterans that have been there and done that. It's a good team, but is it going to be a great team again with this core? So that's the number one thing. Can Ross do something that Madden has not done the last couple of years? That's number one. Number two, as far as storylines for the Cubs this season, is the pitching. It's a starting and relief, actually, for this Cubs team when I look at it. Because if you take a look at uh, the, the Cubs, what their starting rotation, never look at what happens in spring training or these practice games. You just know that coming in that the rotation will have – you Darvish in it. It will have Hendricks in it. It will have um you know a, a quality player, a quality pitcher, a guy that maybe should have been number 1 this year but he's number 4 in John Lester. Um there are quality starters on this roster. When Quintana comes back, he'll give the Cubs quality. But I of course I said quality and not great. And there's your difference right there. Uh Lester I would say is in the autumn of his career. We have seen the downturn, uh and not necessarily a drastic downturn, but not as sharp as he was for 2016. He's still going to be able to give his all. Yeah, I just know that on several occasions when you watch Cubs baseball and Leicester's out there, you get to him early, man. I mean, you can be able to get three, two, three runs on him. He gets red-faced. He gets frustrated. He gets frustrated at umpires quickly. He's a competitor, but... You just see that the numbers are not what they were last couple of years. He's an older pitcher. So Kyle Hendricks will get the ball for game one for the Cubs. And so Hendricks is a guy that that moves the ball around nicely. Um, but you, Darvish, there's your big question mark. I've said many times already on the baseball show that I wasn't a big fan of Darvish being with this Cubs team. Uh, but and And now we come to find out in late June, early July, that you, Darvish, almost had to be talked into being on this roster for the Cubs. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, if you're not comfortable playing, don't play, you know, because the Cubs window is is closing here. Uh, it's still a jar, but it's closing, and you need to be able to have the best players available uh, to be able to get this done, to get the Cubs back in the playoffs. So I don't like the idea that Darvish had to be talked into it, but he's still on the roster, and I know that it, it is a bitter bile in some Cub fans. Uh, mouth to look at what we saw recently with the Cubs and White Sox and watch Darvish give up a five spot in the first inning and and then had to tap out uh, and didn't even get the third out in that particular frame. Darvish is too up and down for me to trust in this rotation, but I'm going to have to rely, if you're a Cubs fan, you got to look at Lester. even though, again, we talk about a downturn, but still a viable pitcher for this Cubs team. Uh, you look at uh, Hendricks on this team as well. So it's, it'll be compelling to see how this uh, pitching staff comes together. Uh, for these 60 games again for a 162 this will be a whole different narrative i would give i mean for 162 i would have serious doubts on how the cubs pitching staff would last all season 60 games you know 10 11 12 starts is a great possibility for the cubs to be able to make hay with their pitching staff um the closer and Craig kimbrell now it's one thing to have Uh, some question marks about the starting rotation. But now once you do get a lead, you need someone to close it. Craig Kimbrell, I predict, will not necessarily be the closer when the season ends. I think the Cubs will go with a Brad Wick or someone else that's not even on this roster. I was asked just recently on the baseball show on one of our 5 for 5 segments, you know, what's um, the breakout player for the Cubs? And I said, well, that that breakout player may not be on the Cubs. It might be outside the Cubs organization. And someone that has got to get in the organization uh, in order to help this Cubs team. Uh, so, Kimbrell had some great numbers early in his career, but I don't know how that works for 2020. And again, 60 games, it might—I might be wrong about it—but if it was a full 162, I would say the Cubs really need to be able to look at that uh, back end of that bullpen as we talk about this on the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So the defense as well. Um, you know, you watch uh, Cubs baseball and watch uh, how they play defensively that that just has to get better. Some of those numbers that we have seen over the last couple of years under Madden, I was it was a head scratcher for me because I, I looked at it and I said, you know, how are the Cubs just not picking up the ball and not hitting the cutoff man? I know that there's pressure on the defense when a team's not playing well, but I I I noticed that the difference, one of the differences in 2016 and what we see right now, is a team that was not very good defensively, and so that's got to get better for sure. And you get back to just the, the basics of baseball and be able to get it done defensively, and I think that was an issue the last couple of years with this Cubs team. Uh, and so, when I look at David Ross and question him as a manager and see how that works, the pitching staff, the closer, the defense, those are things I'm looking at with this uh, with this Cubs team. And and the other thing is, is just the the veterans on this team, the Haywards, Rizzo's, Baez's, as as I mentioned before, the Contreras's. Uh, When will they be able to reach their potential again? Can they reach their potential again? Those are big front burner topics for me with this Cubs team because, man, if if you don't get it done in 60 games and Theo could be out after the 2021 season, then what is your future? I just think that in the Theo era, the Cubs should have been able to at least get close to the World Series, if not win another one under Theo Epstein. But of course, it's not all on Theo and Jed. It's also on upper management. It's also on uh, what uh, Ricketts wants to do. Uh Cub fans have gone through this generationally of, man, so when will we spend money to be able to get better free agents so it increases our chances to win? Well, if you take a look at this roster, not much has changed from last year, right? So it's almost like Ricketts and the Cubs organization is like, okay, if this team is good enough, if you're all in, if everybody's in, then let's go for it one more time in these 60 games and we're not going to change the roster other teams change the roster like the team on 35th and VEC which we're going to talk about next they were able to make some changes and the Cubs are standing still they are good enough to compete can they compete what's the one thing you want to see from this Cubs team 312-332-ESPN 332-3776 is our phone number also coming up What are the expectations for the White Sox? i got five storylines I'm looking forward to for the White Sox. So if you're a Cubs fan or Sox fan, you jump in with me, 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. It's the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Beggar's Pizza. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales tonight. Beggar's Pizza is a proud official White Sox bar, and it's a fantastic place to watch a White Sox game. Cubs, Sox,
0: Major League Baseball.
3: Baseball's coming back.
0: This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's Home for Sports.
3: ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app.
2: Cubs lead two nothing against the Twins in their practice game. That game is in the bottom of the 1st uh, going into the bottom of the first inning. As you're listening to the baseball show, don't forget to follow along on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show at ESPN MLB Show. As we talk to you about the Cubs and Sox, everything else, Major League Baseball. Glad that you're with me here on this uh, Wednesday night. The question is on the table to you, and the question is simple what are you looking forward to the most with the Cubs and Sox for this season? Again, the season starts for the Cubs and Sox officially on Friday, so it's our time to be able to talk about what we can expect from uh, our favorite teams here in the city and around Major League Baseball. So 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Uh, Anthony Rizzo with a home run off of Bailey. It's now 3 nothing Cubs against the Twins. I'm going to talk about the White Sox and my expectations for the Sox in just a moment. Let's go back to the phone lines and talk to you here on the baseball show. Tom is in Schaumburg on ESPN One Thousand with Jonathan Hood. Hi, Tom. Hey, Jay Hood. How you doing? Good. Thanks for checking in.
4: Yeah, likewise. Uh, I love your baseball show. By the way, it uh, feels uh, pretty normal. It's nice to have the uh, <laughs> yeah. the uh, the baseball back uh, going on here in uh, two days. Uh, I do have a question, though. Uh, this is your show, and uh, it is a baseball show, and you are a White Sox fan, correct?
2: Yes, I'm a White Sox fan. Yes.
4: So the uh, the opening entrance, which is pretty cool, uh, mentions the cup first. So I, I don't know if you have control of that or whatever, but you are a White Sox fan, so I just wanted to mention that. But anyways, uh, so does the, the over under hey, is thirty one on on the White hey,
2: Tom? Sox. Tom, you want to have yep. a conversation? You want to have a conversation, or you just want to talk? Sure. Uh, no, so- no,
4: I, I just wanted. To, I want it, that was an observation. That's all it was.
2: The the observation is is that we're talking both teams. If you listen to the show if you've enjoyed it, if you know that I've talked about both sides of town equally. And I, my fandom actually doesn't matter in this situation because we're out here to celebrate both teams and baseball returning.
4: Yes, we all need it. Your point. Absolutely. Go ahead. Abs- absolutely. So thirty one and a half, I believe, is what the uh, White Sox over-under is. Um, out of 60 um, and a lot of people are saying that there could be a you know a, a sleep you know a sleeping giant to, to sneak in the playoffs and do some damage and I find that hard to believe considering that they're basically making them like one or two games over 500 I mean how do you see that
2: Appreciate your telephone call. Um, the point is, is with the Cubs, and like for any team, it's about trying to get hot quickly. And I just think that when we take a look at the rosters um, for, for this Cubs team, as I've used the phrase two-year slump offensively, uh, that seems like that has been the case. It, as I've said many times, and it just makes sense to me when you look at players like Schwarber on this team, and you look at Contreras and, and um, Bryant and Rizzo and watching uh, the best of this roster, along with Baez, it doesn't make sense why this team cannot be able to perform better offensively. Uh, the home runs and RBIs were up from last year, but the overall play offensively was not good enough, uh, where if the Cubs are down a couple of runs last year or last couple of years, you're like, will they come back? Do they have that ability to be able to keep the line moving that's been the problem the last couple of years so um the the cubs to me can win 30 games 31 games they're capable of it from an offensive standpoint but the pitching is the thing that that is a question mark for me especially when we get into that bullpen tom i appreciate your telephone call sounds like he's a cubs fan leaves line open 312-332-ESPN is our phone number ryan is in hampshire with jonathan hood on the baseball show on ESPN 1000 hi ryan
4: hey how are you doing man Bad guy i'll tell you Um, but the reason for my call today was that I do see a lot of parallels to this potential Cubs dynasty and the, uh, 90 Chicago Bulls. I mean, we obviously didn't run the championship run, the gauntlet that the Bulls did, but we've got substantial talent all around. And I think that with the, uh, talent that the the Cubs have and the depth of it and everything else, there's a lot of parallels to, you know, uh you know, him being run out and David being brought in mm-hmm. just the way, the same way he was. So I was just kind of here, interested to hear your thoughts on that and the parallels between these two two teams.
2: Between, uh, you talked about what Ross and uh, Maddox. Okay. I'll, I'll see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I saw Joe Madden, and and this is just based on conversations I had with Jesse Rogers about this, because Jesse and I would always go back and forth about Joe Madden, and he would tell me things about the locker room. Of course, he cannot expose everything that was going on in the locker room for Madden, but he would just just hint at certain things about the locker room and how some players felt about Madden toward the end of his tenure with the Cubs because my perception has always been, and probably for a lot of Cub fans the perception is that Madden is a player's manager. Nothing wrong with that, but You also have to be able to be held accountable when things are not going well. Now held accountable in 2020 is not like it was in 1975. You're not getting into a player's face and you're not going to point in his chest and talk about how bad he is. You're not going to rip him in front of teammates in order to be able to get your point across and get more out of a player. Uh, What you're going to do is, is that you're going to sit, come to the side and talk to players and be able to have a communication. Now, if you remember this last year, Joe Madden was saying that I got to be able to be better with millennials. And I thought that that was strange, like, especially saying it on the record, saying I got to get a book for to be able to uh, communicate better with millennials. I guess I, I don't know how to communicate with millennials. And he was saying this. I don't know if it was tongue in cheek. I don't know if he was for real. But this is what he was saying, and I thought, well, I thought he was the ultimate communicator. Phil Jackson, in that same regard, was that communicator, I thought, for the Bulls. So David Ross, as someone who's never managed before, I think the communication will be fine because he knows these players. But the thing I'm curious about is the dude that was your friend or your teammate that you are riding and dying dying with, the person that you competed with, is now your boss, How does Rizzo Bryant, the core of the team, take that? That's a a big question. I mean, think about if it's your job, right? You're there and you have worked with someone for a long time. And all of a sudden, your friend that you've gone to lunch with, that you've shared intimate uh, thoughts about, some things that maybe other people in your job shouldn't hear. uh, And all of a sudden, that person that you shared your uh, innermost thoughts with now is your boss. Now he knows exactly what's on your mind. Uh, how does that relationship work? And the same thing here with the Cubs. How does that work with Ross as the boss when he was the friend uh, of a lot of those players and teammate of a lot of those players? Again, not a negative, just interesting to see how that's all going to work as far as communication. Can Ross push a little bit more than Madden did? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. From the White Sox standpoint, the the storylines I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, So the youth of the team, Some of the young players on the White Sox, or just like for any team, they are uh, suspects before you can say that they are prospects. Suspect, meaning that you can see them and you see Aloy and you see Robert and you see Rodon and a number of uh, other players like Madrigal on this team. And on the surface, in practice games, uh, on paper, they look good. They look good in the lineup. They look good on the lineup card. Now, Just for 60 games, you got to evaluate how good these players can be. Will they not be concerned with the pandemic and just go ahead and play free, or will they be tight? Again, when you're a veteran player and you are evaluating veteran players, well, okay, they know how to handle this. But with young players, it's always interesting to watch and see how that works. Um, The infusion of money uh, at guaranteed rate uh, at 35th and VEC, when you have... Money And you spend money on veterans like Rondahl, uh and uh, Dallas Keuchel on this team, Encarnacion, when you are doing that uh, with your roster, that shows a commitment to winning. When you have lost over 800 games as a franchise since the last time that you were in the playoffs, well, you got to spend some money. It's not about the turnstiles or people at guaranteed rate, especially not this year, but it's never been about that. It's about a commitment to winning, to bring people to the ballpark, to bring people to the radio and TV, to have interest in your team. Uh, So that, that is one thing. The other thing is, is that the, the starting rotation. Okay. So again, on paper, Giolito pitched well last year for the White Sox, uh, watching Keuchel. Keuchel is a guy that I think can be a real linchpin for this rotation, he comes in and I, as from the left side and can really pay dividends. I think for the White Sox, uh, I look forward to seeing what he can do because I always thought the Sox, similar to the Cubs, the Sox needed their John Lester. Maybe. Just maybe Keiko could be that for the White Sox. A three-year deal, by the way, for Keiko that he signed with the White Sox. Then there's Dylan, players like Dylan Cease and Rodon, who we mentioned, and Gio Gonzalez, a veteran that's been there and done that, and the same thing with Lopez. So the starting rotation uh, I'm intrigued by because you have Gialito that's on an a prove me year. He, he did well last year. Now, let's see if he can prove it again here for 2020. Keiko, as I mentioned, Cease. Cease with the nasty curveball that we've seen a couple times here. Now, for a full complement of games, what can he do? Anderson, the American League hit king. Well, I mean, listen, Anderson is more comfortable now than he ever has been in the big leagues. American League hit king. Strong. It's strong. He had a strong year last year. It's a big difference in Anderson two years ago from a persona standpoint, from from an offense and defensive standpoint, totally different. There's always room for improvement uh, from Anderson, but he was the American League hit king. Can he do it again? Can he come even close to that offensively for the White Sox? And my fifth storyline is Rick Graneria. Just like it is for Ross for the Cubs, it's Rick Graneria. I'm leery. I'm leery. I like to know what Rick Renneria looks like with talent as a manager because you have two ways to go. You can allow the talent to just be able to, be, to play to their natural ability, or you can tinker, and you can overmanage. Now, again, I don't know what to expect from Rick Renneria as a manager for this team, but I will tell you uh, that now he's got talent. He's got more talent now with the Sox and, with the, and during his time with the Cubs. So he's got plenty of talent there. What does he do with that talent? How does he make that talent better as a manager for this team? So that's why I'm asking. And that's our uh, poll questions. well at ESPN MLB show on Twitter for the baseball show. I'm asking you, what's the one thing you're looking forward to seeing with your favorite team, the Cubs, the White Sox, whatever team you root for for Major League Baseball? I want to get your calls in here next. 312-332-ESPN is our telephone number right here on the baseball show brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Beggars Pizza. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales tonight. Beggars Pizza is a proud official White Sox bar and is a fantastic place to watch a White Sox game.
0: This is The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood.
3: Cubs, socks, and so
0: much more. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
2: Follow us on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. That's at ESPN MLB Show for the baseball show. Let's see what we have here. It'll be the Cubs and Brewers at six ten on Friday, and the Sox and Twins on Friday at seven ten. And we'll be on the air at uh, six o'clock on Friday to uh, get yourself ready for opening. Night for both teams, the Cubs and the White Sox, right here on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. So, big question, right? Big question for Jeff Paston, who covers Major League Baseball for ESPN.com. The question was posed to him earlier. In 60 games, who has the upper hand, the Cubs or the White Sox?
3: I think it probably, if I'm going to pick between the two of them, favors the Cubs. And I don't think by a lot, I think they're actually going to be pretty similar this year in terms of success. But I also look at the number of young players that the Sox have and the expectations that they have. And I don't always trust the, the ability of young teams to step up uh, in the moment. I almost feel like they have to you know, wear it a little bit before they understand what winning looks like. I mean, real winning, like being over 500, which is well within the realm of possibility with the Sox, is all well and good. But being a championship caliber team, I mean, I think we saw this with the Cubs, right? You know, they, they stepped up. They were, they were good. Uh, then they got great. And I think, the, I think the White Sox, especially with this very weird season that we've got right now, there's going to be a lot of guys, I worry, who press. And, and I understand the pressing. It's because every game is worth about three times as much as it typically is. It's because a five-game losing streak is equivalent to, like, a 14-game losing streak in a regular season. When you look at it that way, uh, baseball is suddenly going to look a lot more like the NFL than it does baseball, where if you lose three games to start the season, your season is more or less done. Like, you can recover from it but it's going to take an enormous effort to do so. And I think we're going to get that urgency for the first time in baseball, and it's going to be very interesting to see what it does to people on a daily basis, because unlike the NFL, you don't have a week between games to, to figure things out. You're back out there the next day. And, and in baseball, if if you have lost your swing, uh, if, if yeah. your command is off as a pitcher, uh, that's something that's, that takes time to recover. And and whereas in a normal season you have a month to figure it out. A month is half the season now in baseball. And and that is you know, that really squeezes, puts a vice on some of these players
2: thoughts there from jeff passan who covers baseball for espn.com right here on the baseball show with jonathan hood presented by goose island beer company on espn 1000 and the espn chicago app 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our phone number the one thing you're looking forward to seeing from your favorite team the cubs white Sox, whoever team that you root for for major league baseball uh let's go to beecher here's wayne on espn 1000 hi wayne hey how you doing buddy? good So um, I just want to
1: touch on uh, one thing that you're talking about as far as, you know, David Ross, you know, buddy turned boss. Mm -hmm. Um, As a 15-year Army veteran, um, I've been on both sides of this several times. Um, You know, you're hanging out over the weekend, having some drinks with your buddy. Come Monday, he got promoted, he's in charge of you. It's a blessing and a curse in that they know you, you know them, everybody falls the same way. works great until that first. Um, unfavorable action that you have to take as a boss. Um, Then it's everybody like, well, you used to do this, and I know you weren't, you know, about this before. And so it can work really well. And even then, it comes down to, you know, what your guys are like, personality-wise, is do they understand the role now or not? So, like I said, we'll see, you know, until he has to start putting his foot up, somebody's behind, you know, (laughs) just how well this is going to turn out.
2: And apparently, Wayne—he's that guy. I guess he was that guy when he was a player. I guess we didn't know his like—he's got a little bit of an edge, which is cool. Like, but maybe that's what this team needs because it it, it was uh, a lot of rainbows and balloons with Madden, from what I understand, and that's good too. But I think that you need to be in a position where uh, you, you got to be able to call out some players when things aren't going well.
1: And I kind of thought, got that thought process. Like, that was kind of my understanding of his role before is he was that guy where i've been here longer i've been here i've done more than you know most of you and this is what we need to do to get better and i will be that guy and that you need that in a good strong leader but i think he also has the mentality to come back and talk to that guy afterwards like this is why this went down
2: wayne thanks for the phone call leaves line open three one two three three two. espn is our phone number cubs Still the 3 nothing. that game is in the bottom of the second inning as the Cubs are at the plate. As we mentioned, Anthony Rizzo with a home run in this practice game against the Twins. So 3 nothing. that game is in the bottom of the second inning. Back to the phone lines, we will say hello to Manny in midway with Jonathan Hood. There he is on ESPN 1000. Hey, Manny. Hey, Jalen. How's it going, man? What's up, brother? Not much, man. Um, I want to say I'm
4: pretty excited to see the young guys see if they take advantage of these 60 games and, what, 68 days, see what they could do. And then I had a question. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to be a successful season for Ricky Renteria? Because you know he's been here for a while, and I don't want to do the same thing what the Cubs did and just ship him out and bring another guy in, because I feel like the young guys are really gravitating toward him. So I want to see, what do you consider a successful season for these young guys with Ricky? Um...
2: Well, I'm I'm a harsh grader because I'm just not a Rick Renteria fan. I, I like thir- how about yeah. thirty games? Can we get thirty?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Can we, can we get thirty games?
2: Like you know, when Girardi was available uh, working for the MLB Network, Manny, I thought, well, you know, if you just want to have a changing of the guard, why not Girardi? You know, and, and like I'm sure the Cubs wanted Girardi at some point, and that never happened, uh, as he's now with the Phillies. But I, you know, I always thought that that would be. Yeah, he'd work on the South side. There's a couple other managers in mind. I just, he, he comes across to me as an A to B manager. Nice, yeah. nice man. I mean, it's, a, it's not a knock because what is he, what do you have to manage, right? Look at the rosters the last few years. But it's just that I, I don't want the, the Sox to stand still and, and not be a successful team because Rick's in that spot. You know, like if you have a manager yeah. that can be able to move the, move the culture and move it a little bit differently, find someone else. But if not, Maybe Rick Rennery is the guy. I just, but I just don't have faith myself going into the season.
4: Yeah, it's same with me because I've always had this superstition or like great idea that we would bring Terry Francona back. That's just mm-hmm. me because he hasn't been doing that hot in Cleveland, and I don't know if he's staying there for a while too. But it'd always be a good idea. But like, just like the Cubs brought Joe Madden, I think of Terry Francona coming back to Chicago as that move for us to
2: move forward. Manny, good call. I appreciate you checking in. Um, and, and so here, here's the deal on that. If Francona wanted to leave Cleveland and Theo said, hey, you know, I want to take another run at this thing, that's also up up to Ricketts to be able to extend the contract of uh, Theo Epstein. I do not know why Theo does not have an extension. I'm, I'm seriously. like, I, The Cubs win the World Series, something I saw that you saw in your lifetime. There are relatives that we know that. Never saw the Cubs even come close to that, right? Don't you think that not only Madden but also Theo deserved to have a lengthy extension to try to get this right? I- I'm not looking like I'm not talking about like a 20-year deal for like Socha in the dugout for the Angels when the Angels won their one championship and Socha was there forever until he quit in the job. I'm just saying, like, I don't know why. Theo Epstein could be gone in 2021 when he could be able to try to build on what they have, the Cubs have, or try to have somewhat of a rebuild and add more payroll to help this Cubs team win. But the the only way that 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 would happen is if Theo's going to be around, because I think that he could make that jump. I could see Frank Conan making that jump if he was there with Theo for the long haul. 312 332 ESPN, 332 3776 is our phone number. We're going to find out what Buster Only thinks uh, when it comes to uh, this upcoming season. Cubs or Sox, who has the advantage? And we will take a look at five topics in five minutes with five for five right here on The Baseball Show. Tonight's Baseball Show is brought to you by Bigger's Pizza. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Bigger's Pizza is a proud official White Sox bar, and is a fantastic place to watch a White Sox game.
3: The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app.
0: The Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company.
3: On ESPN 1000.
0: Chicago's home
2: for sports. Baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Big news today in baseball. Mookie Betts and the Dodgers have agreed on a landmark 12 year contract extension that runs through 2032. Betts, who was acquired over the winter in a blockbuster trade with the Red Sox, was set to hit free agency after the season. The financial uh, terms of the deal were not announced uh, initially. Um, we're starting to get some information on that from a couple of people like uh, Ken Rosenthal, in particular, from MLB Network, uh, suggesting that he had a source that is worth $365 million on top of the $27 million prorated to $10 million uh, salary uh, bets will earn in 2020. So the 27-year-old bets has got a windfall of cash now, 12-year deal uh, through 2032 for Mookie Betts. And it is a head-scratcher to some extent, like during this pandemic where, you know, you're trying to hold on to cash and the Dodgers say, no, we're going to go full commitment on... On this player and Mookie Betts is a special player he is a top 10 player for sure in the big leagues and the Dodgers are going to have him as one of the cornerstones for the franchise Um, thoughts from John Heyman also chiming in and he's still working on this story Uh, Major League Baseball and the union are re-engaging on the possibility of expanded playoffs for this season has to be done before first pitch 25 hours from now but there are seems to be optimism hope uh, was to go from 10 playoff teams to 16. W- what is this, a, a Twitter conversation, Tyler? Well, I mean, like, this is something that should have been negotiated and done before the players even came back on the field, came back to baseball. And this what, is what is this?
5: Yeah, no, this is something that had to have been done probably two months ago. If you were going to expand to 16 teams, because that's a sizable jump. You're going from, what, 10 to 16? So you are adding another 66 percent of your of your uh playoff teams and to me when, when you add that many teams and you're looking at the the playoff bonuses and all that stuff that's a lot of money and that's a big decision that needed
2: to be made a long time ago well what the, we'll talk more about this during under the hood at seven o'clock at seven o'clock we'll because we're going to run out of time here but we have to talk about this that baseball you know if you're trying to expand the baseball playoffs this is something that should have been in the works as you mentioned, way before now, it's July 22nd. You know what we should do? We should expand the playoffs. Well, no blank. Like if you're going to experiment with 60 games, this should have been something that it should have been on the table to do. And it just so it's typical baseball. Um, by the way, just one quick thing about the Mets. The Mets have not had any baseball-related uh, injuries until Stroman goes to the IL because of a left uh, a left calf muscle. Uh, Lowry to the IL with the knee problem Lockett to the IL uh, because of back discomfort Marisnyk, uh with left hamstring tightness they were doing just fine that looked like it was going to be a healthy team and now the Mets have all these slew of injuries now time for 545 five. right here on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app we've got 5 topics in 5 minutes as the show is coming to a close here Tyler go right ahead all right,
5: so number one is our theme for today since we are one day away from the start of the MLB season. So let's start with the Cubs. Chris Bryant is the leadoff man. Will that last the entire season for this Cubs team?
2: No, I don't know if it'll last the entire um, season. I think that it'll be a trade-off between Bryant and Rizzo at the 1-2. You know, you come to find out that the leadoff man is just not what it was when I was growing up watching baseball. The traditional guy that would be a fast guy at the top of the lineup, you bunt um, him over and knock him in to get the first run, to put the pressure on the defense. I just think that it'll be Bryant or Rizzo. I think that they will interchange. Bryant is a very good base runner, and Rizzo is a good contact guy. So I, I think that all works out at some point.
5: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Maybe, hey, Nico Horan gets hot. Maybe he's a guy who can be a leadoff hitter for them as well. All right, next up, a lot of exciting first-year guys for this White Sox team. Do they have the best incoming rookie class in all of baseball?
2: Well, let's take a look at it, right? Um, look at look at the Phillies with Spencer Howard and Brom. Brom's a third baseman. Howard is a pitcher. Um, I think about, we were just talking about the Dodgers, right? Um, and we seem like we talked a lot about Lux. Um, Dustin May, who's a pitcher for the Dodgers. Um, the Padres with uh, Camposaro and um, the right-handed pitcher Par- Patio, I believe his name is. Uh, Chris Paddock. Paddock, yes. So so he's a right-handed pitcher. And uh, Camposaro is a catcher for the Padres. Those are good guys, but they don't shine like Kopech and Robert and Madrigal. You know, Tyler, I'm trying to give you a little perspective there, but but those three, uh, among some of the others on this roster for the Sox, seem like that they have more of an upside.
5: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the star power definitely leans in the side of the White Sox. But also, don't forget about Oakland, too, with Jesus Lizardo and A.J. Mm-hmm. Puck. They've got some good ones as well. All right, next up, Anthony Rizzo's back. Seemingly not a problem today with that two-run homer, <laughs> but... This is something that could be a problem for the Cubs this year. Who is your preferred fill-in at first base when Rizzo can't go?
2: Well, you got a couple of examples. You can do Caratini at first or you will do Bryant at first. Uh, Probably would prefer Bryant there because he's played left, right, third, and first. So maybe Bryant there, but Caratini can do it. And, And if you need to put Bryant at first, you could put Bodie over at third or Descalzo at third. So... It's a flexible roster for Ross. Uh, if the, And you're right, the, the the Rizzo back thing, you got to keep your eyes on, and Bryant can move right over to the first base.
5: Also, uh, Ian Happ can play anywhere for you, too, and sure. his back could be very, very helpful in the lineup as well. Last season, Lucas Giolito finished sixth in the AL Cy Young voting. Is he more likely to finish above or below that number in 2020?
2: You know, I'll take that bet and say above, right? So say, for instance, I said, Tyler, I'm going to go with Cole, because I know that's chalk, but he's just that good for the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll take Cole, and I'll say, uh, give me Verlander, and give me Glass now for Tampa. Eh, maybe not Snell, but maybe Glass now, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Miner from the Rangers. Well, Giolito would be higher than what he was before, so... Giolito to me, would be higher than what he was last year on that list.
5: Yeah, I like him being higher just for the fact that the Split Sox are going to be a better team than they were a year ago. And usually the awards look kindly upon people who play on better teams like that. All right, last one for you here. With every game now more important than ever, the big topic is this Houston Astros. How are, they, how are teams going to handle the Houston Astros amid the cheating scandal? A guy who wears number one for them is Carlos Correa. He's had a lot of things to say about people may be targeting them this season but with the ever importance of the single game and the single base runner these days will people still target the Astros the way that we expected them to this year
2: yes early on you know why I gotta say that because I said that at the time that the Astros scandal came out I said even though it's dusty they, uh, there's going to be players throwing pitchers throwing at the Astros. I think early on that'll be the case, but then it'll start tapering off because baseball players are pissed that uh, the Astros did not play the game properly and did not play it true. So I think early on, yeah, you're going to see that they'll, you know, they can spare a base runner and they can spread out those hit-by pitches all throughout these games and series. So yeah, I think it's going to happen early.
5: Yeah, I'm with you. I think people people just like revenge, especially in the sport of baseball. <laughs> That's right.
2: I know it's hey, I know it's silly, but but this has been the time honored tradition of baseball for a long time. Oh, you cheated, or you hit my guy, I'm gonna hit your guy.
5: You don't mess with tradition in baseball. You just don't. You can't.
2: Thanks, Fred. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Freddie. Freddie Hubner, for that. Thank you. Uh, we, the baseball show returns on Friday. Don't forget, tomorrow uh, we've got the start of Major League Baseball. You'll hear baseball tomorrow at 6 right here on ESPN uh, 1000 opening day. You'll hear that in this spot uh, on Thursday, the 23rd, the 24th. We will return with the baseball show, and we will get you ready for Cubs Brewers at 610 and also the Sox and Twins at 710 on Friday, the 24th. Uh, all right, thanks to Tyler Key on the other side of the glass. For Tyler, I'm Jonathan. This has been The Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company under the hood in two minutes right here on Chicago's Home for Sports.
0: You've been listening to The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for The Baseball Show presented by The Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.